and welcome back to D-Cup, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Megan. Each week we re-watch a Disney Channel original movie, talk about the good and the bad, and make some jokes, and then we put it on our official DCOM ranking list. This week, for our second episode of our Black History Month special, we have a very, very special returning guest to the podcast. You all love her. We love her. She's one of my bestest friends in the whole world. Please welcome Miss Ayana Henry. I love you guys. Thank you. I'm excited <laughs> to be back. Thank you for coming back. We're so excited. Yes. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm doing better now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We had to keep like rescheduling, but we're here now. So I'm excited. Yeah. No, like all three of us just had so many life things happen all at once that we, yeah. we kept having to move this episode back. But we're here, baby. <laughs> My days are merging. So when Sabrina was like, we're halfway through Black History Month, I was like, how? It was just January 1st. No, we're not. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's February 10th. We're not halfway. Wait, we're almost yeah. halfway. Yeah, but still. We're getting there. <laughs> that's crazy. We're Yeah, we're getting there. That's that's wild. Hmm. Well, speaking of Black History Month, this week we are watching the Emmy Award winning film, The Color of Friendship. Sabrina, can you please hit us with a summary? Set in the 1970s during the South African apartheid, Piper, a congressman's daughter from Washington, D.C., and Mari, a South African girl from a wealthy family, come together through a foreign exchange program. After wrongfully made assumptions, the girls face their preconceived ideas of each other and create a friendship that transcends bigotry and hate. Wow. Amazing. This was a serious one. So it was, this is probably like the most serious decom. I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, Same. I was watching it. Me, me and my partner were watching it, and we were like, "This is Disney. This is very like, even though some things are mild compared to what they could be, this is still very like overt for Disney." Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, just hopping into it, what what is like your memory from childhood? If you even like remember seeing it in childhood, Ayana, if you want to start. So, actually, I didn't. I've never seen this movie until this past year. I just was scrolling through like Disney Plus and they had a whole like section for black people, like black artists, black musicians, like documentaries, all that. And I was like, why not like dive down and see? And there was a bunch of movies I'd never seen, like from the 70s, like the 80s and 90s. And after I was just cleaning and I was supposed to be cleaning and watching the movie. And I got so invested in the movie that I sat down and watched it. It was that good. So wow. my first impression was definitely in shock because I'm like, how is this Disney? I'm getting educated, but also I'm so in love <laughs> with the attire, the hair, the rebellion. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it was everything. Absolutely. What about you, Sabrina? Do you, did you ever see this as a kid? I did not. I vividly remember the two leads wow. and I don't know why. Like I remember the cover picture of this movie vividly, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Like I have no memory of the movie itself. Wow. I remember this movie as a kid, like watching it on cable TV. I remember it, like they didn't show it very often. It was like every February when I was younger. And then as I started to get older, I didn't see it on TV as much. Cause I always remember being like, oh, I wish they'd play this movie more. And I don't know if I ever saw it all the way through at one time. Because like, you know, like when you're a kid and you're like watching TV and then your mom's like, we have to go to the store and you have to go with her because you don't have autonomy <laughs> um, and you're six. 
Like, so like, I think I've watched it in, I think I've watched the whole thing in pieces because I have like certain memories of it. I remembered like the plot that it's a black family and then they, they're hosting an exchange student and she's racist. And then I like vividly remember the welcome party that they throw her where like the brothers are playing the African drums and they're wearing like the like traditional South African clothes. And then this little white girl comes in and she like starts crying. (laughs) I remember that scene very vividly. And then as I was watching it, I was remembering certain things, but that's like before watching it, I was like, I remember this scene. So do we want to hear about the writer and directors? Of this film? Absolutely. Yes, I absolutely do. I don't know why I said directors. There's just one director. But before I say that, I wanted to share this movie. Not many of the DCOMs have like a tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes, but this one does. This movie has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Like today or when it first came? Yes. Like, like I looked it up and it's a 100%. It has a 77% audience score, which... I don't, I don't know what that's about, but, like, the tomato meter is, like, critic reviews. I mean, for a DCOM, 77 is pretty high. It is. It's. I think it's, like, the highest we've seen. Yeah. Really? But that 100, that 100 really was, like, whoa. Like, this is the highest rated DCOM we've ever watched. Wow. Yeah. So, this movie was written by Paris Quales. And he has written a lot of TV movies. That's kind of his thing. He's never done anything with Disney Channel other than this movie. But he's written some pretty cool TV movies. And just a few that stood out to me. He wrote one about the Tuskegee Airmen. He wrote one called The Rosa Parks Story. And he wrote the TV film adaptation of A Raisin in the Sun that starred Audra McDonald, Felicia Rashad, and P. Diddy. Have you guys seen A Raisin in the Sun? No, I really need to. I haven't. It's like, it's on my list of like classic books that I need to read. Yes, absolutely. Also, this is a funny thing. You know how like sometimes there are two things and you like confuse the two. Like it could be like with actors or books. Mine, I always confuse A Raisin in the Sun and Grapes of Wrath. (laughs) 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 I, I can't. I always am mixing those two up. And I think it's just because grapes and raisins. <laughs> I can see that, to be completely honest. <laughs> oh my god! But no, I definitely, I'm going to have to put a raisin in the sun higher up on my list. The movie was directed by Kevin Hooks, who has directed many, many things. If you want to take a look over on his IMDb, it's a, it's a fun little trip. But some big ones, he directed the movie Passenger 57 with Wesley Snipes. And now he mainly does like directing on little episodes of TV shows like here and there. And so some notable shows he's done are Cold Case, Alias, Lost, Drop Dead Diva, Supernatural, Bones, Castle, and This Is Us. So this man is working. Wow. I'm obsessed with This Is Us. I need everyone to watch This Is Us. (laughs) I I think he's directed like four episodes of This Is Us. It's a great TV show. So I love this is us. I just shouldn't have started it in the middle of the this like (laughs) (laughs) I had started at like season three and then I was like, ah crap, I gotta go back. And then by the time I caught up to season three, there was more seasons. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. That's not a show (laughs) that you can start in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) 
So why don't we hop right into this? Ayana, I would love to know what some of the things that you loved about this movie. First of all, it was a clear like identifier that this was the era I was supposed to be in because <laughs> I was so in love with the bell-bottom jeans, the hairstyles, yes. the food, like and it was definitely like the mix of the disco era because I think the movie was uh 19 or it was set in 1977, right? Yeah. yeah. Um in DC. Which I forgot this was a period piece. <laughs> that when it, the movie opens and it shows 1977 and I was like Oh, I mean, that makes sense for, because it is about apartheid. But I was like, I don't, I just, I, that never clicked in my little brain. And also, yeah, for me, it was like the clothes, the hair and like the food, like just the culture in general of, of black people. It was like, man, I miss, I miss that feeling, that nostalgia, that understanding of family that is kind of being spread out today, but we can talk about that later. But I definitely can see before, like, for me, like watching it, it reminded me of being younger and my family living down the street or like like oh. getting together. But now that we are the cousins are older and the family are older, we're all moving across the country. So those like Sunday dinners, those like just getting together after school, those things don't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Oh, it's not That's sad. Not you know, we grow, we we figure out, <laughs> adapt, <laughs> but it happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina, what about you? My very first positive that I noted down was I loved that Disney did not shy away from the incredibly serious topics that they put in this story. Like, I am so happy that it was not the sugar-coated or as sugar-coated Disney, like, decom that we're used to seeing. I mean, they tackled Mm -hmm. racism, police brutality, politics, like, they... They re- and they went in government and I think censorship. Yes, like and I think there's also it being a period piece and like it being about stuff that has happened in life. So like you really can't sugarcoat that. Like it it is what it is, yeah. and it's I how mean it they happened. they try they, they yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy hearing you say that the psychological portion. Like for me personally, I went for the like the cheery. This is like the good things that happen, and you're like, I'm glad they hit these hard hitting topics. And I'm like, that's my everyday life. Like the worries that are still happening. So that's really wow. interesting to see the to see the psychological perspectives of the movie. Now, granted, I did see them, but that's just interesting. I love that. Yeah. I love the I love the different that perspectives. I love that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. Well, I mean, and that's that's why we wanted to have like different perspectives all month, but like for this movie specifically, because it is like explicitly about racism mm-hmm. and different people's perspectives. And I, I agree with you, Sabrina. That was my first note. I think this script is phenomenal. And like I was shocked the whole way through. Like within the first 10 minutes of this movie, you see violence. And like yeah. that's you don't really see violence in Disney Channel movies, let alone like race based violence. Like they're one of the first scenes of the movie is in South Africa and the white family is in a cafe and all the all like the the waiters are black men and one of them drops a tray and a white man kicks him. But even and that like, was mild compared to probably. Yeah. What oh, yeah. It realistically it was, was mild. It was mild, and I think he called him the South African slur, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken. But he, like, I think it felt so big because I wasn't expecting it from this movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I 
I definitely feel that. Speaking of slurs, <laughs> I I was eating a Pop-Tart and when they said the N-word, I literally choked on my Pop-Tart. <laughs> I was, I forgot that that was in this movie, which like, if, if you guys haven't rewatched the movie, I can't stress enough that, like, if you're gonna rewatch a movie, it should be this one. But, yeah. like, they say... The woman was too stunned to speak. <laughs> they said the N-word so casually. And I remembered that from when I was a kid. Like, I choked on my Pop-Tart and then I was like, oh my god, I remember hearing this on cable TV at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I think it was just so shocking from a DCOM. Like, you don't expect... like these kind of topics or like anything like racial slurs to be said in a decom. I mean, this would never be made now, which is unfortunate. I believe like, I think we need more movies in decoms like this because absolutely. My next point is this story and plot is still very pertinent to today. And it's like, we need more high, like it was highly educational. And that I feel like yeah. DCOMs can try to do sometimes, but it's mostly for like fun entertainment where this had a very different yeah. vibe. And I wish we had more like educational, even like period pieces like this that are based on like true happenings from DCOMs. Well, because Disney Channel is like such a good, it's such a good medium to educate children. Every kid watches yeah. Disney Channel. They watch Nickelodeon. They watch Cartoon Network. Like this, this movie, and I think this is also something that might die down with like the popularization of streaming where kids can choose what they want to watch. Uh-huh. Whereas like when we were kids, we're going to watch whatever's on TV because there's nothing else unless we want to pop in a VHS. But like. We turn on the TV. That speaks volumes because, like, our parents had, like, the TV was on from, like, sunup, sundown type of thing. Like, there was no TV. And then now with us, it was, now we're going to tell you what you can watch even though the TV will be on for all day. And then now Mm -hmm. it's, you can choose whatever the heck you want from whatever medium, whatever time of day. So that's really cool to see the, the growth of that. Yeah. But it's also, like, if I, if you look at, like, a six year old today, there and they get to choose what they want they're gonna be like oh i want to watch descendants i want to watch frozen and so that's what they're gonna pick over and over they might not pick a movie like this whereas when we were kids and we're six we just turn on tv and it's like oh this is on i guess i'll watch it and that's more how you like kind of discover new things but yeah it's interesting to see like how everything's evolved especially with like media consumption and i love how this movie was short and sweet to the point like yeah, the conversations yes. they were having were super hard hitting. Like I, me and my boyfriend were watching it, and he was like, "This is a Disney movie," and I was like, "Yeah." Like, it. it I love that they did that, and I love the delivery. I love the language used to make it capable for any age to process what was happening. But I mm-hmm. also loved how it was short and sweet to the point. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. drawn out. There it was were- just like, "Hey, this is what was happening. This is what we want you to take away, and this thing can be beautiful. So take what you will from it." Yeah. And they didn't like, they didn't try to dumb anything down. I appreciated that. Like, I think sometimes we think kids can't comprehend big ideas. And I think like we don't give them enough credit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There were very blatant lessons taught throughout this movie. And it was very much like 
here is a lesson to learn, listen to it. Like that's how they set up those scenes too. And like mm-hmm. the scenes where Congressman Dellums is talking to Mari one-on-one. And I think like those were very obvious, like, okay, here's a lesson and we're going to make sure it is at the forefront of this scene where a lot of the times I feel like it's kind of just in most decoms, like thrown in there as like a light theme throughout the fun of whatever else is happening. And then you're like, yeah. oh, I guess you were supposed to get like, this is about family. Like it's a general kind of theme where this one was very much like I honestly like pointed. Yeah. I I want to go back to how great this script is, not just with themes, but like the actual script and the story and the way they established everything. I thought it was so great. Like the first scene where they established the families, I thought those were great. We can see clearly like the everything. Dynamics. Yes. Yeah. And how we see the the black family and we can see like the dynamics. We see the sister. We see the two brothers and like the relationship that everyone in this family has. And then we cut over to South Africa and we see the white family and we see their relationships. Like it was just it was very quick to the point. They didn't yeah. like waste time. But I thought like it was it was just really great setting that up. Their transition to that was amazing. Did you guys catch that? The Yeah. What if you tell the listeners what it is though? <laughs> so it starts out with the black family and they're talking and their daughter is trying to convince the congressman to allow them to bring a student over. And before they transition, the daughter is like, Yeah, I want I want him to be this way or her to be this way. And she's like describing what she thinks they'll look like. And the mom like cuts her off and says, I can tell exactly word for word, but she cuts her off and says, how do you know they will be a she? And they show a young black man pouring the water in a cup as alluding to, it could be a young black man. And then it fades over to the white family. So that's where, yeah. cause it gives you like a hope of, Oh, okay. It's going to be a boy. And then it's like, wait, it's not even a black boy. It, it's going to be a young yeah. white girl. Okay. Let's see what's going to happen. Yeah. That little yeah. bait and switch. <laughs> I also want to bring up the Dellum family, like the actors of that family, I thought were phenomenal. I loved, yeah. I loved the congressman. I loved the mom. The mom was by far my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And I thought the little brothers were like, okay, the little brothers, I, I didn't think they were great. <laughs> I think, I, I think that they were cute, but like acting wise, I was kind of like, mm. <laughs> no, they were definitely like the decom little brothers. Like they were the most decom yeah. part of this movie, I think. But I thought they That's were just like true. funny, very like stereotypical little brothers. And they had some like cute moments. They definitely weren't necessary by any means, but like they were cute. I was also like, did we need two of them? <laughs> they were kind of the same character. I think, Literally. I think we, I just think we could have had one brother and we would have gotten the point. <laughs> just like one had glasses and that oh. was the only difference. Okay. So I was supposed to look up something before I came on here and I completely forgot to, but we thought that a congressman was Shaft. Have you guys ever seen that movie? No, I no. haven't, but I've heard of the movie. Yeah. So we no. thought that's a... Because we were like, wait, is that? And I didn't look it up. But in the movie, The Color of Friendship, Mari, mm-hmm. right? Am I saying mm-hmm. that correct? Mari picks up the book Roots. And the dad, the congressman, is in Roots. I just, like, he's Nat Turner. Like, I just looked and I was like, 
Oh wow! Because there's a, it's a series. So sorry that that was a cool little thing that they did there. I didn't even pay attention wow. to. Wow! Wow! That is so cool. Yeah. I I agree with you guys. I think the the dad I think is the best actor in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. He like every scene he is just amazing and might be one of like our best actors in like any of the movies we've seen and that final speech that he did at the end of the movie i thought that was it was so good and also the mom the mom's character if we want to take some time to talk about this mom (laughs) she is the the character is so well written her um, grace, her poise, her patience, like yes, what? yes, amazing. And I loved that. I loved that she was advocating for Mari, and like we need to, we like we have to like help this child. But it wasn't in like a oh we're gonna do all the work here. Like specifically in that breakfast scene yeah. where Mari was like tra- trying to treat her like a maid, and the mom was like. Listen, this is what we're not going to do. <laughs> but she like, had she was, so much patience for her because she tried her at the airport. Mm-hmm. She was like, here are yeah. my bags. My mom would be like, girl, you better pick up your own bags and bring them to the car. Like that wouldn't have been no <laughs> I ain't your maid. So I just oh, thought yeah. it was and, no, and I, The handshake at the airport, oh, yeah. that was a shot that, oh, it was a brilliant shot where the mom holds out her hand for Mari to shake it and she just doesn't. Like she looks oh, at her I, like, why would I, I touch your hand? Yeah. I truly believe the mom was doing God's work in this movie. Like she was doing the most and doing it in the best way. And that scene specifically, Mm -hmm. like when Mari doesn't shake her hand or when Mari meets the congressman and asks if it is a joke, (gasps) those scenes like made me so uncomfortable. (laughs) Like I was so uncomfortable. And, but I I was like, they perfectly wrote these scenes. The okay, well, so first of all, also the mom made me laugh when they when they turn around and they see that Mari is white. The mom goes, "Oh no!" (laughs) I cackled. But that scene where they go to the Congress and Mari looks around and she sees all the black congressmen and she laughed in their faces and said, "This is my jaw." My jaw hit the floor. Literally. I have never yeah. been thrown back like that in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, no. As soon as she walked... So first of all, did you see the mom try to... like The mom comes into the room and she's like being kind, like, hi, yes, catching up with people. And she's like, will you excuse us for a second? And she tries to pull her husband to the side to like get him hip to what's going on before his face and his mouth like says some things. <laughs> and before she could even say anything... Everyone in the room was doing what she was trying to prevent her husband from doing. And it was just a dead yeah. silence of who's wait, can I cuss on here? Yeah. <laughs> you guys know the yeah. TikTok sound? Who goddamn white baby is this? <laughs> as soon as she walked in the room and the whole room was just at a standstill. They were flabbergasted. Like, who is this? The, am- <laughs> the amount of close-ups on faces when people discover that Mari is white is hilarious. I just want to make a compilation of every face with their with their mouth hanging open. Some were some were like, what the hell? And then others was like, what is going on? Didn't they say like, or I'm ready to fight. Like there was just so many faces that said so <laughs> there many. There were others things. that were just like, 
Hell no. Literally. (laughs) And the sad part is the dad had gone around and said, yeah, bragging about my wife's going to go get a student, a transfer student from Africa. And all of these black men who are fighting for like to break this apartheid in South Africa, they bring in the very person or not very person. They bring in the resemblance of what they're fighting against. Almost the very person because her dad is a South African cop. But- this is this is a question I have from that. So, like, for me, like, I was thinking about it. Like, Mari thinking that she will be placed with a white family, like a white congressman in D.C., makes sense considering how the world is. But when you think of the congressman knowing what's happening with the apartheid in South Africa, I'm just confused why they would think they would get a black student when the apartheid is so strong in South Africa that you would think they yeah. would know that they would get a white student due to what was going on there. Hmm. I <laughs> I don't know if that's a plot hole or not. Cause like I just I don't know enough about how the difference between the black schools and the white schools in South Africa at that time. You know? So hearing you say that is funny <laughs> because <laughs> will you guys say hi to the dog, please? <laughs> Yes, hello. Hello. They said hello. Hey, Chandler. And he said he loves you all. I love you too. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what I was thinking in the middle of the movie. I'm like, how are they, how is South Africa able to not, well, ban, but also keep watch of what books and movies are happening through? But they didn't know that this little white girl who's a police officer's daughter is going to a black family. Like, do you know what I mean? And then, like, also at the same time, at that time, Black people wouldn't have been able to to do, like, to travel like that or, like, with the oppression yeah. of, like, financial income and things like that. So I just thought that was interesting that they, like, both sides assumed, but also mm-hmm. not understanding how, I guess, bad things are. Yeah. I guess it must just be kind of a little plot hole. Yeah. And Megan, I was thinking about what you said earlier and you were like, this little white girl who's racist. And I was like, but she's not. She's just ignorant and she's like- She's just, brainwashed. Yeah. She's just like, mm-hmm. her father's a policeman. And like, if you even think back to the table, whenever she was trying to talk and her dad doesn't even look at her, he just puts his hand up as to, to tell her to shut up. Like, you're done talking. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to speak now. That alone yeah. like shows the different dynamics and roles yeah. and what was acceptable and what wasn't. She probably wasn't yeah. even able to like combat or even think outside- of her father's thought, let alone what she's being taught in school is being just this propaganda of like what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, no. And I think the movie did a really good job of showing how Mari was actually kind of just like, this is what she was told. Like there are several scenes and the one that comes to mind the most is the scene where they're in the car and they're talking about passes and how all the black people in South Africa have to have passes. And Piper yeah is asking like well do why did the black people have to have passes and mari's like to protect them to protect them yeah and and then piper says well do they like it and mari is like of course they like it it's for their own good and like she is so genuinely like she thinks that this is okay and she thinks that everyone is okay with this and i think like it just and especially when she talks about like the government censorship yeah. And she's like, yeah, there are just books that we aren't allowed to read. And it's for our own good. And it's, she doesn't it's, know you any can better. see how, 
how young she yeah. is. She's it reminds you of how young and how ignorance and hate are really taught and then they fester until you believe it as an adult. Yeah. And I think like that age that Mari is, it catches her before she can fully become as like blinded by bigotry as her parents are. That they they didn't have the mom speak over or shut her down in any of those moments where she was exposing yeah. what what her thought process thought process was, especially with in regard to black people in South Africa. Because mm-hmm. there very well could have been like, hey, that's not happening here. Cut that out or don't use those words. Don't use that language. That could have happened mm-hmm. at any point. But I think it was great to expose like her thought process and for Piper to understand what mm-hmm. was happening as well. Because yeah, to Piper, that's her environment is very freeing. Like she doesn't have to ask people for things. She's allowed to give her opinion to her father. She has her own responsibilities. Like she doesn't have a maid to do things for her. So that was very cool that they allowed the mom to allow those conversations to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, I this is another script thing that I liked about Mari was I loved that she wasn't just suddenly not racist. It was very like. You, you saw this yeah. progression through the movie where like you see her slowly starting to accept her host family and she's even like friends with Piper at this point. She loves like the congressman and his wife. But then when they go to school and Piper leaves her, you can see that coming back into her like th- these racist things that she's been taught. And I, I just I really like that they showed this progression of her learning instead of like oh, we just had this fun little montage where we tried on clothes and ate ice cream and now racism solved. <laughs> I That was one of the notes I wrote yeah. down was that you know exactly when her mind has switched for mm-hmm. her to start thinking on her own. Whenever the, the South African embassy comes to get her and the secretary tells her, you don't understand or you'll understand when you're older. And Mari like snaps back at her and says, no, I understand. This is stupid. That alone Mm -hmm. is a huge indicator that, okay, like I'm aware of my surroundings. I'm aware of like the experiences I've had now outside of my family. Now I know like I can think of my own. This is not it. Like I know for a fact this is not okay. And I like how they highlight that's the moment that that happens. I also love the moment where she sees the difference. Like we talk about the one scene where the black waiter gets kicked and called a racial slur. And then she has a similar scene happen in America. And, and she is so worried. She's like, they're going to yell at him. Like, and this black waiter spills a Sunday on a white customer. And the customer is like, Oh, it's not your fault. It's okay. Like, actually, can you get me one of these? These, this is good. And (laughs) <laughs> you could see her full reaction throughout that scene. And I thought that was a really nice way of like connecting directly from her normal life in South Africa to what she's learning in DC. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There were a lot of moments that I thought were great how you saw the juxtaposition where like they set certain scenes up in South Africa to also repeat them in America. And see Mm -hmm. the difference. And I just thought that they were great. And it wasn't like we were pandering to children. Like they understood. It was was really great. My last positive that I have on here. I cried at the end of this movie when Mari goes home and she hugs Flora. And she shows her the South African freedom flag that she's sewn into her jacket. 
Yeah. It just got me. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I thought that that was a sweet moment because I mean, Mari still is only 14. She can't fully like be open about support yet because she's under her parents' house. Yeah. But like, I feel like it definitely set up this idea that as Mari gets older, she will become more of a voice for the people who don't have a voice. Yeah. And if you notice when she before she went, she definitely was this privileged, snotty, smart aleck preteen. And then Mm -hmm. when she gets to America and then Piper is kind of giving her the same attitude in response to her like fear and like not understanding of what's going on around her. It's nice to see because before she leaves, what was her maid's name again? Flora. Flora pretty much is trying to get her and she's like, you don't understand like when you get over there, I hope you learn a few things. Like she alludes to that. And then she comes back and showing her her jacket is that serene moment of, I understand now. Like I mm-hmm. see you. I don't see what you offer and your role. I see you as a human being and I'm excited to learn. Like you see the brightness and um, intrigued, her being intrigued in her eyes. So I like that moment too. Yeah, that full circle moment was one that was, like, really big to me. Like, at the end, when she came back to Flora, I was like, this feels like it felt just like you could, like, take a breath. Like, after this pretty, like, intense decom. Like, it was just one of those moments where it it gave you that, like, sigh of relief at the end. And you're like, okay, like, she yeah. she knows now. And I felt like it felt so much bigger than any, like, decom, like, resolution before like i was like this feels incredible i think because uh flora explained to her about the bird them bringing Mm -hmm. that 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 the dynamic of the birds early on she wasn't really registering she was like okay it's birds but at the end it was like oh i understand now the Mm -hmm. birds represent more than just black or white or just color the birds represent i see you and all that you offer but i i want to be in community with you i want to grow with you i want to build with you I want to protect and love you. That's very intimate and like beautiful that they use the bird to symbolize that and break that down and give that deeper meaning that maybe just saying that wouldn't have given. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think we haven't talked about Piper enough, I feel like. And I just think yeah. Piper, I, I loved how Piper knew who she was. Yes. And she was not afraid. Mm-hmm. Even when she and Mari became friends, she was never at any point afraid to check her and be like, hey, okay, we are friends now and I like this relationship that we have established, but you don't get it. <laughs> and I just, I thought that Piper, her character was just so strong and just very strong-willed and I loved her. That's that's so cool though that they showed the dynamic of or I definitely think it impacts because with her family's knowledge of what's happening in Africa, like, and of course they're very knowledgeable people. So like they, education wise, they understand very deeper than the average person of what's going on with slavery, like what's happened and things like that. So in South Africa, they show you like how the black people are silenced pretty much. And then Mm -hmm. coming to America, it's like, I want you to be this person who is, who can speak their mind and not afraid and be oppressed. So I like, I think it's interesting to see the dynamic and how, the past can definitely influence the future, and if you understand what I'm saying. But I, I love that she expressed herself in that way. In any way, like being a young Black woman, very often it's like, you're young, you don't know. You're a woman, you don't know. Oh, you're Black, you don't know. But it's like, no, we know. Like, we, we get it, we understand. Also, I want to say hats off to the actress that played Piper, 
I thought she did a fantastic job in this role. Like, I thought she was great and very believable. And you can tell that she put a lot into this role and being like, she was playing 14. I don't know how old she was when she was actually playing Piper. But I feel like overall, like all the actors like really put so much into this. And I think they were all aware of just how deep and meaningful this decom in this movie could be. Absolutely. Do does it do any of us have any more positives on our lists? I love that as the movie progressed, well, in the beginning of the movie, the dad was very opposed and like, send her back. But as the movie <laughs> progresses, <laughs> you can see it's interesting to see where the parents naturally went to aid the children after they were fighting. The dad went yeah. to Mari and the mom went to Piper. And I get yeah. it that the mom was, her name was Roscoe. I love that that was yeah. her name. It just went with her aesthetic. <laughs> it was so cute. But I get that her mom was with her 24-7 and the dad was normally at work. So maybe that's why they did that. But I like how they build the congressman and Mara's relationship. Honestly, some of my favorite scenes in this movie are between the congressman and Mari. Mine as well. Yeah. yeah. And at first you would think that-, that because the dad was fighting against what he was, you would think that like he was going to respond and just like get her out, but he never responded to her unless it was something out of fear of like something happening to his family or like yeah being disrespected in their home type of thing. So I like that they did that perspective. Yeah. So speaking of the congressman and Mari's relationships and how they change and kind of become closer and even like Piper and Mari's like friendship that was one of my first dislikes that I wrote was that like the friendship between Mari and Piper felt a little bit quick to me considering how big their reactions were at the beginning when they became friends it was kind of just like okay and now like we've spoken about it and everything's fine but the one that really got me that felt like a complete 180 was the congressman to Mari because it felt like he was just having a scene where he was upset and wanted her gone with the mother, like talking to the mother. And then he finds her reading a book and he's like very nice to her. And I don't believe that that's like absolutely impossible, but it just felt like both of them were just a bit too quick. And I wish there was a little more like, okay, let's make this work. Let's find our way into becoming this rather than just like, okay, now we're okay and we'll make this all work. Does that make sense? See, I saw that scene of them reading the book as that transition. That's what I I was thinking too. I didn't feel it was as quick. Not to like invalidate your your opinion or anything. I just like, I felt felt like that in that scene, I thought I kind of saw him thinking about what his wife had told him and how like they have this obligation to try to like unbrainwash this child and i thought i kind of saw that scene with the book as him extending an olive branch and trying because i think later on in the movie we see him struggle too when he when he thinks that mari called his daughter a slur we see him mm-hmm. snap back and I think that for me, that's kind of like the struggle where I feel like it was like, oh, we're going up. Yeah, I'm accepting her. Oh, no, I'm back to get her out. And then when they realize that it was a misunderstanding, he like kind of goes back. I was trying to think, like, did they drastically do that relationship build like that? And I think I, it's a mix of what both of you are saying. But at the mm-hmm. same time, even if it is an olive branch, I think he would kind of be still 
a little bit like, yeah, hey, it's bedtime. You probably should go to bed. But I think mm-hmm. in that moment as well, he was like, at the end of the day, she's still a child. Like you said, with what his mm-hmm. wife was saying. So it was like, okay, I'll still, you know, go to bed. Here's yeah. the book. But you can keep it if you need yeah. to. But I agree with you about Mari and Piper's relationship towards the beginning. I do think that, like, it was it was like they were suddenly very there. And then throughout the movie, we saw them have a little more back and forth as well. But, like, mm-hmm. the initial friendship, it was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> I honestly feel like with kids, though, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Well, you work with kids a lot more, so you would probably know. I could see the Mari and Piper friendship being a little quicker. To me, it felt like it was like a snap. And then they were just like, oh, nothing's wrong and everything's fine. Which you can have that with kids. But I think because of how strong the reactions were in the beginning, it felt a little like jolted to me. And then I can definitely see what you're saying with the congressman and Mari's relationship. I just feel like... I wanted more guardedness from him. Like I felt like he would have been a little more like hesitant at the beginning. Like I can see him opening up and extending that olive branch. But I think like Ayana was saying, just a little more like, "Mm, okay, I'm having some strong feelings about this, but she's still a child and I should be, you know, kind to her. So I think that's Mm -hmm. just what what I was missing. I felt like it was a little too like, yeah, I'm going to be angry about this oh, actually, everything's fine in here. I'll talk to you and everything's okay. I wanted a little more nuance. Maybe if we got like one more scene, like one more scene before the book scene. Mm -hmm. And that's probably just like time, you know, because the movie has to be so long. But yeah, I think I, yeah, I think we could have definitely gotten like one more scene where we start to see like a little humanity between those two. Yeah. Ayana, do you have a negative you'd like to bring up? Honestly, I forgot to look at negatives because I was just like, oh my God, I love this movie. Um, <laughs> but I guess I would say, I get, I think you're right. The brothers really didn't, there could have been <laughs> one. add much. There could have been one brother. And there was a point where I was like, oh, why is their friend's brother over? And then I, he was like, my boyfriend was like, no, that's, she has two brothers. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> like hearing you say that, yeah, there could have been one brother. Yeah, it. I yeah. think we could have had a little more if we wanted to have two. Make them two separate individuals because I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be twins. Yeah, or because mm-hmm. they they looked ex- the same age, but they didn't look alike. Yeah, so maybe they were like fraternal twins, but I don't know. It was unclear. <laughs> and I feel like they could have let them have a little bit more shine. Like if they were, you know, like how younger siblings are, they could have like been messing yeah. with Maori's stuff, or like when Piper went out, they. They didn't really show them doing much. It was just like, hey, here are my brothers. Okay, bye. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. That brings me into one of my negatives. The When the brothers did talk, the dialogue was so cheesy. Like, it was yeah. just cringy, very corny. Mm-hmm. Where I think I think overall the script is amazing and all the, and the dialogue is amazing. But there are some, like, one and two liners, like, some transition scenes where, like, the kids are talking and I'm just like, what is going on? These are robot children. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think overall, I think there are some standout characters acting wise, but overall I wasn't as impressed with the acting in this movie as I have been in some of the other movies. I can't like agree. I, said, I think, I think yeah. that I think because of the script and what language was being used, you were so hyper-focused on like what was happening rather than like how it was being um, delivered. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that was like my only one that 
kind of made me a little disappointed was I was like, this movie is so good. The script is just airtight. And I just wish like the acting had been just one step higher to kind of elevate what was going on. But it never took me out of it completely. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's just because I was being a little critical because that's, you know, that's what we do on the podcast. We watch for things like that. I, I feel like for... A decom, the acting was not absolutely awful. Like I feel like we've seen some worse acting from yeah. decoms, but I I agree with the subject matter and like how serious this plot is and like the storyline is. Like I would have loved to have like some better and like more heightened acting throughout it, especially with like like the congressman was in like he had some incredible moments. And I feel like if everyone was kind of like met at that point, I was, I would have been blown away. But yeah, considering like, I keep forgetting that this is a DCOM. And so like, yeah, I, (laughs) I need to remember, like, we're comparing it to other DCOMs that are like in a whole different like realm compared to this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just something I feel like we need to remember. (laughs) Yeah. No, absolutely. I have a couple technical negatives. I don't have many negatives. My biggest negative was the acting. And that was like minor, like, like I said, just a step higher. I would have liked it. But like, I have a couple technical negatives. There was one to two, like there were whole scenes in this movie that were 80 yard. And I, I just kind of like, what is 80 So 80 is automated dialogue replacement. And it's when like, if you shoot a scene and maybe there's like a lot of background noise or an actor talks too softly and like the mics don't pick it up, they'll have the actor come into a recording studio and record their lines and try to match it up with like the cadence of how they said it. And then they just put that audio over top of the scene. And you can kind of notice it in movies. Like if you're ever watching a movie and you're like, I don't know why this feels like somebody's lip syncing. Like Uh, just the way that they're talking doesn't match like the physicality of their mouth. It's usually because the scene, they had to replace the dialogue. And in some movies, it's awful. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's just not good. This one isn't as bad as some I've seen, but I definitely noticed like there was like whole scenes where I was like, this is ADR, it's not matching. And it just kind of takes takes me out a little bit. But that's just because it's a pet peeve of mine. Also, that underscoring, that guitar in those scenes where <laughs> Mari is like walking through the house, <laughs> that guitar is so dramatic. Oh my that gosh. That is one of I my biggest how? ones. <laughs> that is one of my biggest <laughs> negatives. Guitar. I was like, the underscoring is intense in this movie. <laughs> it's so intense. And it's like, it's intense in a way where I feel like something horrible is about to happen. And it's just Mari walking around the house at night. <laughs> yeah. And then and this is just a silly one. The mom going to bed with a full face of makeup. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Literally. <laughs> also i don't remember them covering their hair that was not realistic at all yeah black women put a bonnet on a scarf some oil some something before they put their head on their pillow and they did not give Mm -hmm. them no type of headscarves yeah so that it's i guess that's a negative i guess that that would be my negative (laughs) yeah you know the the team was mostly black men though so maybe if they had like a, a black woman on the production team they could have been like, hey. <laughs> was it even like attire? 
was black men? So the writer and the director were black men. Let me look up the producers real quick and we'll see. I was going to say, because if they had a black woman dress in, she would have been like, it's nighttime. So the (laughs) the director was also a producer. There are two other names as producers, uh, but they don't have a picture. So I don't know what race they are. Let's see this costume designer. We have two two women as costume designers. No pictures, though. What's so, their names? Mary Mollen and Kay Yano. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not just trying to profile these. I did. I did for team. a second. But I don't know. That could go either way. <laughs> um, any other negatives? Anybody? Uh, yeah, I I want to bring up, and I don't know if this can really happen, and it may be able to, but, like, the South African ambassador is practically, like, kidnapping Marie. Like, I said like the Marie, same I thing! <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, what do you mean? This can't, like, is this legal? Like, what's happening? I don't understand this. They didn't even alert her parents. Exactly. Like, I I felt like I needed to, like, stop the movie and look it up and see if that's even, like, possible. And it may be. I I couldn't find, like, much about it. But I was like, this is a lot. Like, they are practically kidnapping a child. Yeah. Well, I wrote it off as, like, her dad is a police officer. So he's in a government role. And so, and also her parents are very racist. And so I feel like it, like they'd be okay with it. Like they were like, "Oh, you saved my daughter," or whatever. Well, that's you what know? I thought. I thought the same thing because I was like, once they explained that someone had been killed, well, they didn't tell her he was killed. They said he killed himself, but that's not what happened. The police actually killed him. <laughs> but um, crazy, they brought that into this. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. But the sickening part—the oh. sickening part—is we're still having the same conversation in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 22 years after this movie was made, because this movie came out in yeah. 2000, and it's set in 1977. Yeah, but I—I I understood like from a government like business standpoint. Okay, her parents are like a part of the government. Somebody could like with their mindsets, somebody could come get this little girl. So we need to be proactive, but. In all honesty, they had already called him and was like, are you holding this child? So they already had this preconceived idea that he shouldn't have had her in the first place. Yeah. I yeah. I also want to bring up the how he got Mari back was he talked to them about how it would be bad <laughs> PR, which I'm like, that makes PR. sense for our government. Like that. Yeah. yeah they didn't even um, care. They didn't even care that they kidnapped a child. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He was like, oh, they just don't want more bad PR. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think that was unscripted because of the way the mom laughed. I replayed it because I was like, (laughs) that's different than the laugh that she said in the whole movie. Because she said, how did you get him to do that? And he said, I said it in English. And the mom, like, she does a cackle rather Mm. than like a ha ha ha. That could that could have been like just a little like ad libbed line that they left in. That would be so cute. Aw. Well, would we like to transition into fashion? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I I I'm so excited to talk about the fashion in this movie. <laughs> I love the disco mix. I love the bell bottoms. I love the headbands. And the yes. like yes. I can't even think of what the texture, not polyester, 
but like the furry, like the pants that they had on, she had on like the suit and you could tell it was like thick and it had a little bit of fur. And I was like, what is that? I need that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought all of Piper's outfits were so good. They were so cute. Amazing. Uh, And my favorite outfits in the movie was... I forgot to say this. We everybody, if you listen to this podcast, y'all know I love a montage. <laughs> the montage in this movie where they're trying on clothes. That one was cute, but there's a second one where we see them like hanging out and being friends. And in that montage, Piper and Mari are roller skating, and both of their outfits are so cute. I can't describe them to you. I don't remember, <laughs> but I wrote them down, so I know I tr- I trust myself. Was it the one in the great. park? Yeah, they're in the park and they're roller yes. skating. And That's then the on one I'm talking about. It was like yes. a suit. Yes. It's, they're so cute. <laughs> I I also, speaking of like the montages, the shopping montage, I loved the shot where it's like Mari is like in a dressing room trying on clothes and then the door shuts and you can see Piper and her mom through the mirror on the outside of the door. I just thought that was a great shot yeah. within the montage. Yeah. But the orange striped bell bottoms that piper tries on were incredible and then mari's rainbow jean vest was so dope (laughs) it was a specific (laughs) look and i loved it so cute yeah they were amazing i also i loved the mom's mom jeans she was like walking up the stairs yeah. and I was like, waist snatched, butt fat. Like, let's go. <laughs> Literally the first thing that I wrote down was her mom's haircut and the long dress and jeans that she had on. I was like, hold I on. Love it. It, this is what I would wear. This is what I mm-hmm. would be wearing if I was someone's mother in the 70s. But I also <laughs> really, 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 really love that they did not perm Piper's hair or like make it straight the whole movie. <gasps> yes. Because yeah, they let her have her, her natural hair. hair. Because if you notice, her mom didn't have like a kinky or a curl, which not all black people have that. I'm not saying that. But it's very stereotypical for young black women to get their hair permed at an early age for like maintenance mm-hmm. and convenience. And so I just thought that was really, really cool that they allowed her to ha- like maintain yeah. her natural hair throughout the whole entire movie. I think also like the mom... Her hairstyle is very much like politician's wife in the 70s. And like, yeah, because like, I think it also like, especially in the 70s, a lot of it was just trying to mimic like, not mimic. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But like, it was the whole like black hair is seen as unprofessional. Yeah. And so a lot of like politicians wives had to style their hair in a more like European style. Which is very sad, but I feel like it was intentional by the costume designer. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got any more fashion notes? The dad was very dapper. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about yes. that till just now. Because my boyfriend called his uh, vest something specific, but I can't remember. And he was like, oh, I love that. Like, I love those. But after I paid attention, I was like, yeah, no, the dad is, the dad's style is fire. Like, I love the shoes. He's cute. The, yeah. Not the father, Megan. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I just said he was cute. He's a cute dad. Okay. <laughs> when we're over here thirsting Nothing. over Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> yeah, we thirsted over a grandpa in the last few episodes. So Stop it. No, y'all did not. Listen, wa- watch the movie. You'll get it. <laughs> not you'll get it. Y'all are so funny. 
<laughs> Would you guys like to know some fun facts about this movie? Really fast before you transition. And yes, I would. But did you guys notice how Piper's attire changed? Like, what do you mean? When she came to America, it was very, it was pretty much not, I won't say like African traditional attire, but it was a lot more reserved. It wasn't very like as vibrant. And then when mm-hmm. she goes back, it, she had on a vest. She didn't have on a vest when she came. And her yeah. colors were very vibrant. Yeah, it like it kind of like symbolized progressed. her coming out of her shell. Yeah. I love that. So some fun facts? Yes, I want to know some fun facts. Yeah. Tell me, Megan, educate me. Okay. This movie was based on a true story. There was actually a Congressman Dellums, and it wasn't based on like one event, but in fact, two separate instances where the Dellums hosted white teenage girls from South Africa. So oh, wow. they just kind of yeah, they combined these two girls into one character and kind of like put the experiences together. Yeah. I looked That's up the book that she was reading because I'd never read it before. The Which one? The Roots or the South African one? The South African one. I wasn't aware of that activist. I'd, I had personally never heard of him. And I was like, well, this mm-hmm. is more research for me to do. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of the books that they mention in this like go on a reading list for sure. Yeah. Um also this movie was just critically revered. It like all these especially for a TV movie, all of the critics said that it breaks the mold. It's like outside of anything that you would see on the Disney Channel. And not only was it critically revered, it won a lot of awards. So I wrote down all the awards. This movie's an Emmy award winning movie, which is like Wait, they got crazy. an Emmy. That's yeah, it's mm-hmm. like the highest you can get for a TV movie. <laughs> they got an Emmy? Yeah. What year? It's the year 2000 when it came out. So like 2000, it won the Emmy for Outstanding Children's Program. Wow. I love that. Yeah, that's a feat. And I tried, yeah. I tried to look it up because I was like, did any have any other DCOMs won an Emmy? And it, it just kept showing me TV shows. I know other DCOMs have been nominated for Emmys, but I don't think any of them have won. So I thought that was really cool. The movie also won the 2000 Humanitas Prize. I think I'm saying that right. But it's basically like films that advocate for like humanity, equality, and, you know, things of that nature. So it won that prize. It won an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Children's Special. It won a Writers Guild of America Award for Best Children's Script. And also... The actress who played Piper won a Young Artist Award for Best Performance in a TV Movie Drama. Oh, yay. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of awards. This is an award-winning yeah. movie right here. <laughs> Speaking of the actress who played Piper, I would love to know where some of these actors are now. I want to know, too. Well, let me tell y'all. <laughs> tell me, Megan. Tell me. <laughs> Oh, Sabrina has this info. Oh, thank you, Sabrina. (laughs) Let me know, girl. I want to (laughs) know. So speaking of Piper, I don't know the proper pronunciation for this actress's first name. I found a lot of different versions. I'm going to go with Shadaya Simmons. She started acting at the age of nine when she starred in her first film, Moonlight and Valentino, as the daughter of Whoopi Goldberg's character. She was then cast in many TV movies, such as His Father's Shoes, Color of Justice, and Disney's A Saintly Switch. 
And so that's what started her career with Disney. And once she started appearing in Disney TV films, she was in Quince, Virtual Mom, which wasn't a DCOM, but a Disney, another Disney kind of original movie. And Xenon the Sequel, where she replaced Raymond Simone, which is where I immediately recognize her from. Yeah, that's she where was I Nebula. Thought, I couldn't remember where, and that's mm-hmm. where it's from. Yeah, she she also starred in television series such as Ace Lightning, Strange Days at Blake Halsey High, and Life with Derek. Do you guys remember Life with Derek? Yes, I do remember and I remember that. her in Life with Derek. She had a crush on Derek. Yeah, which she's, I did she's not Casey's even put had a crush on Derek. Yeah, I never put two and two together. That's wild. Um, that is her. She's been everywhere, and I just, I haven't noticed. (laughs) Yeah, and after Life with Derek ended in 2009, she stepped away from acting, and she got an undergrad degree and a master's in education and is now a teacher at the high school level, and she's also director at Star Acting Studios in Canada, I believe, which is where she's from. Wow. I love that for her. Yeah, I love that for her. Amazing. I love when these are happy. (laughs) <laughs> I know. I I also am so interested when like people step away from acting, especially when they're like young actors, to see where they go. So next we have Lindsay Hahn, who played Mari, and she started acting at the age of three in Little Caesars commercials. <laughs> Little Caesars. Her first film was Desperate Rescue: The Kathy Mahone Story in 1993, and. Then, after starring in The Color Friendship, she kept her relationship with Disney through becoming a movie surfer. Do you guys remember those little, like, clips? Movie surfers? She was a movie surfer? You just brought back a core memory that I didn't know was there. (laughs) I did not know that core memory was there. That is scary. Oh, my gosh. That was in the back of my brain in a dusty box. Literally. Yeah. And apparently she did those for a while. And that was her way of keeping like in the Disney company. And then in the years following working with Disney, she went on to be in many projects, including the film Broken Bridges with Toby Keith, where she was then signed on to his record label as one of their first crossover artists. Wait, she Broken Bridges was, was a movie? Also- mm-hmm. I think I saw that. Interesting. Yeah, I've never heard of it. And apparently she has a music career as well. I didn't see much about it, but she had one at one point. Hmm. And she also has done many shorts and TV appearances. Like True Blood, I think, is her most known. She was a recurring character on there. And Bones. I love Bones. I watched I loved Bones when I was in middle school and high school. For nostalgia purposes, I sometimes watch it whenever I'm in a stump. That's my show. <laughs> <laughs> I loved. I I never watched like the last season, and I probably I need to because that was my show. I'm gonna watch that today. Bones is great. I had a Bones post. <laughs> I had a Bones poster on my door. <laughs> oh, I wasn't that obsessed, but I did watch it like every day. <laughs> it, I watched it too young, and it gave me nightmares, so I had to stop for a little bit. But then when oh. I got to high school, I hopped back in. I I was scared of serial killers. Geez. Yeah. Well, that's valid. <laughs> So she also directed many short films, and her most recent project is a film called Hanky Panky, which she both stars and directs, and that is currently in post-production. Huh. 
Hey, yeah. Okay. So she's still doing work. <laughs> okay, we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so I guess it's time to uh, wrap up our thoughts and try to figure out where we're going on the ranking. So, Ayana, I'd, I'd love for you to go first. You've been our great guest. What are your final feelings on this movie? I love the movie. The acting. Could have been like, yeah, like a step up notch, but I think the message was bigger than the acting. So I don't know. This definitely will be a top five. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I just think this movie's phenomenal. Yeah. Like I yeah. I was blown away. I didn't like oh, initially writing. I didn't take many notes while I was watching because I got caught up in the story and I wrote a lot of things after. Yeah. Um, I have barely any negatives. And I think, like, watching it, you can tell it's a TV movie. Like, you can tell it probably had a low budget. But I think the story is so powerful that it transcends any negative things that I could have about this movie. Yeah. And they did a really good job of, like, making you get lost in the movie, like, the storyline. It wasn't, like, a when is this movie going to be over. Exactly. Like, I never never checked my phone throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. I... I was definitely fully invested in this movie and I I was not expecting this to be what it was and I'm so happy it was. I oh, yay. think this is one of those movies that I am 110% like everyone needs to watch this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like if I have if I have kids someday, this is required watching for my kids when they when they hit like 6, 7, like elementary school, early elementary school age. I think this is required watching. Yeah. Yeah. And from the attire to the language to like how the story progresses and it's not too long, not too short, straight to the point. It, it's a mm-hmm. phenomenal movie. They did a really Amazing. good job with execution. I'm just going to say it. I think this movie should be at the top of our list. I, I think it's, agree. I think, wow. I think like the script is better than anything we have ever seen. <laughs> yes. And just like looking at like, like I looked back through my notebook just to make sure I have more positives for this movie than any of the other movies. And I have little to no negatives. <laughs> yeah. I think this movie goes straight to the top. I don't think we have to yeah. <laughs> have more discussion. There's- I just like the fact that it couldn't, it surprises us that it's a decom in and of itself. Yeah. Like that. I think that speaks to the quality. To me, there's no I question that this is at the top. Yeah. Like there's no second Absolutely. guessing. I I have the same thing. I I had almost a full page of positives for this movie, and yeah. I have not had oh, wow. anything near that for anybody like any yeah, other I just, movie. So yeah, yeah. Also, I think it's important to say we didn't say this, and I know we're getting close to time, but this they would not they would not make this movie today, and that's absolutely sad not. To me. They would not. Yeah. I mean. And they don't show it on cable anymore that I know of. I mean, they stopped when I was younger. And I just I think that's a that's a, a shame of a horrible shame, because I it think is. that we are underestimating how children can actually comprehend heavy subjects like racism. And I think we are we're doing a disservice to kids by not showing them perspectives that they don't experience firsthand. So I think, you know. We, we try to stay light on this podcast, but I think that's an important thing to be said. Yeah, I would completely agree. I, I think we need more. I agree. We need more of this, especially for young children. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. We shouldn't shy mm-hmm. away just because they're young. They understand more than we know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, 
Yeah. And I think like a, a quote that I've seen circulating a lot, especially now that it is Black History Month, it's, you know, if black children are old enough to experience racism, then white children are old enough to understand racism. Yeah. And the yeah. sickening part is people are like, leave the past in the past. And it's like, my parents, but it's not the past. my grandparents are still <laughs> yeah. alive. So like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ayana, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. You are such a fun guest. We love having you here. We hope to have you back some other time. <laughs> I hope I was fun. And you're so fun. You I were. love yes. this movie. Um, thanks, yeah. Sabrina. I love you, my fellow Pisces. oh they i just they can't thank you enough for coming on you are just such a light and you're beautiful and i love you oh i love you guys thank you guys so much for listening please 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 join us back next week when we will be watching the proud family movie keep on trucking yes with our, our black history month theme and we will be having our good friend from college sydney miller on the podcast to be talking about this movie. I'm so excited. And I hope you guys are excited for a a guest that you haven't met. She's great. You guys are going to love her. So yeah, tune in next week. Yay. So so Megan, (laughs) where can you find us online? Well, as always, you can find us over on Instagram at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. Also, if you like us, please give us a five-star rating. And if you feel so inclined... You can also leave a review and let us know what DCOM you want to hear about next. We release new episodes every Sunday. So until next time, I'm Megan. I'm Ayana. And I'm Sabrina. And you've been listening to DCOM. The Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. Dun, 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 dun.